Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. We're in a series um, which, like Lisa said, we had Pastor Mike last week who kicked it off, and it is called Bothered. Bothered. When was the last time God bothered you is the title of, uh, of this series. And I think we can sometimes get bothered by things that, 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 that come against us and, and, and make us want to fight. And we go, no, that, that, that bothered me. That bothered me and I want to I change that. I want to fight that. I think there's other things that come along and you know it's wrong but it's easier to choose not to be bothered by it because it's not worth your energy. And sometimes that is wisdom, right? Sometimes that is a little two-year-old screaming in your face and you go, I am not going to get bothered by that. But other times something happens that you know is wrong and you go, no, I, I need to be bothered by that, even though it's easier not to be. Mike shares an incredible message on how God wants to bother us with what bothers him. Bothered to care, bothered to go, bothered to serve, bothered to give beyond our comfort. And, and, and not through any sort of purpose or idea. I, I feel like I've, I've almost quite naturally come up with a part two for this message, which was a, a fantastic message. If you didn't hear it, I'd encourage you to listen to the podcast, however you do that on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. But it was a fantastic message and a challenging message. And challenging messages we often need to revisit because there's so much gold in there that we, 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 we're caught in the moment and we're thinking and our brain's going a million miles an hour. But God was speaking so clearly last week and it was a fantastic message. Like we said, lots going on, and, uh, and I'm excited. This is all off the back of a word that Simon shared at We Are One about expansion. Who was there on the Friday night of We Are One? Lots of people there. Um, yeah, Simon shared this message around expansion, how God wants to do something new in us. And I'm excited about this because it's where the adventure is. It's where we see God move. It's where we see testimonies and, and powerful acts of God working in the expansion, in the stretch. So when we say it's busy, we can either choose to ride it or we can choose to go, you know what, I'm actually, I actually just can't be bothered right now. And we're humans and that's okay. And there's grace for that. But there's so much more when we choose to be bothered. You see, if we let God bother us, that's when we experience the stretch. That's when we experience the more. If we let God bother us, that's when we get incredible stories and testimonies. I'd encourage each and every one of us to have an element of adventure to our faith. Now hear what I'm saying here. I'm, I'm, I've done church for a long time. I'm not up for just churning up on a Sunday and singing a few songs. I've done this for ages. I'm 20, I have to think about that. I'm 29, I think. <laughs> I think I am. Um, yeah. I'm 29, and, and, and I know that's young. I know that's young, but I've been in church since day one. And I've been doing who, who I am, this, for 29 years. I'm, I'm, I'm done with turning up to church 
to say hello and be nice to people and to be a bum on a seat that sings some songs in church. I see some of you smirking, you know what I mean. Where's, where's the faith? Where's the adventure? Where's what God wants to do in our life that goes, oh, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I can sing songs in my living room. Where's the adventure in our faith? If we let God bother us, that's when we see the adventure in our faith. And this stretch, this expansion that we're talking about, where we're going to see God move and we're going to see testimonies in our church and miracles in our church. I believe that, that, that whatever God does in our church, he does for us individually. Yeah. I believe this is a, a biblical principle that we can see anywhere and everywhere. We can even see it in the world. If you work for a company that's making lots of money and, 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 they're, and they're growing, and you're a good employee for that company, if they're a good company, they'll pay you more to keep you. Whatever is happening in the company will happen for the individuals. And how much more true of that is in church. Yeah. When God wants to bless the church, yeah. Yeah. you better believe he's going to bless you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see that expansion in your life. You're going to see that provision in your life, that adventure in your life. Because that's who we are. We're the church. We're a bunch of individuals. And God chooses to use us. Amen? When I think of us as individuals, I think about like, like moments we were just in. I'm so grateful for that moment of worship that Kate you led beautifully and, and you must have been so chuffed to have little Dylan up there with you who's doing incredible um, but just moments like that where God is just so faithful to his word he says I'll inhabit the praise of my people he's so faithful to us and it's so easy to think of amazing reasons to follow God and, and we've all got different specific individual reasons and I want to pick up on one today which we know and I'm not actually sure how often we focus on it but it's to become more like Christ yeah. see we've all got individual reasons why we're here we're all thankful for God in a different way but one of the reasons why we're here is to become more like Christ this is a common calling that we have we have a few common callings we have the great commission that we're hearing a lot about on Thursday nights our soul winner course about go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations another common calling that we all have yeah. we all have another common calling which is to become more like Christ and becoming like Christ I believe means to be bothered by what bothers God yeah, I think that's why Christ was here he was bothered by what bothered his father yeah. his people were not in relationship with him. His people were distant from him. That bothers God. That is the whole point yeah. of Jesus coming to this earth. Yeah. So we become more like Christ when we choose to be bothered by what bothers God. Now when I think of Jesus, I think of amazing, beautiful verses. We're going to see some of them come up on the screen now. If we go to, to forward a few slides. Look at this verse. This is just a beautiful verse. This, this is like the moment of worship we were just in. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and refreshes my soul. What a beautiful verse. What a promise to stand on. Let's look at the next one. 
John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I come that you may have life and life to the full. What a beautiful verse. Look at us, all, all nodding along. You're going to laugh in a moment. Psalm 37, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Beautiful. We've got more to come. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. All of God's provision, all of his goodness. Such good verses. And then let's look at this next one. It's a bit smaller because I wanted to fit them all on. 2 Corinthians 11. If you can't see it, I'll read it. It says, are they servants of Christ? I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from Jews, danger from Gentiles. And danger in the cities, in the country, danger at sea, and danger from false believers. I've labored and toyed and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. You were all just nodding at the Bible a few minutes going, Amen. What's changed? What's changed? No one wants to Amen that passage in the Bible? <laughs> yeah, well done. Now let's, let's pretend these have all just been picked from a random book. Can't think of anything other than the Hungry Caterpillar right now. Um, these are all picked from the Hungry Caterpillar. Which one's the odd one out? Which verse up there is the odd one out? Yeah, it, it has to be, right? That, that's the odd one out. Let's, let's play round two. Let's go to round two of this game. This is good fun. I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm bored with church singing songs. I'm here for games. <laughs> right, so this is, this is round two. 2 Corinthians uh, 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. 2 Corinthians 11, the one we just read. Five times I received 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, 2 Timothy 3. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. You aim, uh, yep. It sounded like someone nearly amened that there, and that was close. Be careful. James 1. Consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And now the odd one out. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Which one's the odd one out? John 3.16 is the odd one out. So either the Bible is not true and contradicts itself, or maybe... There's similarity between these verses that go beyond our human understanding. See, we speak verses of prosperity and blessing and love. And I, and I, I love all of that. Of course, I love all of that. We often pray, God, bless me in this. God, do this incredible work. And that's not at all wrong. That's not theologically wrong at all. Does God care about you? Does God care about your comfort? Yes. Okay, well, where was that in 2 Corinthians 11? When Paul was getting shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, flogged. 
he was hungry, when he was tired. Where does God care about his comfort in that? Does God care about your comfort? Of course he does. He just really makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads me behind uh, by still waters. Seek first the kingdom of God and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So where does this comfort come from? I believe as, as we look at these verses, we have to elevate what we think of as comfort. And if we choose to be found in God's will, that is where we find our comfort. And, and, and the easiest way to explain this is when I was 18 years old, I got my first job. It was at a, a professional uh, a shirt and tie type of place. All of my friends went to uni. I got this job. When they would come back, I was the only one who had any money to go out for food or drink or to cinema or whatever. And very, very quickly, as an 18-year-old, everything that I was became about my wallet, the keys to what car I was driving, and the title that I went by. And I think you would hopefully have grace on an 18-year-old who was doing that. I would have taken a, a six-figure salary and moved to London, Los Angeles, New York, wherever. Because that was the comfort that I was seeking. You then, hopefully, grow up a little bit. I wouldn't move away from my family for anything, however, than if God asked me to. You couldn't pay me enough money to do any more hours at work than I'm currently doing because I want to go home and, and be with Jesse. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't pay me anything. Anything to do that. Like, I, I wouldn't move anywhere now and, and miss having, like, mum and dad five minutes up the road, Steph and dad even close, uh, just as close. That's my mum and dad and my sister, by the way. <laughs> and so the comfort that I seek now I have to come back to is Psalm 37 where it says take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart yeah. and the best thing about God is that he knows these desires even if you don't he knows what your truest desire is even when you don't if you think it is when I get this I'll be comfortable when I've got this and, 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 and I've got this home and I've got this many rooms because then I can throw my kids over there and we can chill out over here or when I've got that, I'll be comfortable. I, I want to challenge us today and, and I want to promise you, in fact, that our comfort comes from being exactly where God wants us to be. Whether that is lying down in green pastures or whether that's being stoned and shipwrecked. Paul says before those verses that he's burdened, burdened for the Gentiles. He would do anything for the Gentiles. He'd do anything for his fellow Jews as well, but they rejected him. And he's burdened for the Gentiles in a way that he, he wouldn't be found doing anything else. And you know, you know that feeling when you know you need to do something and you're not? 
The question is today, can we be bothered to be bothered? Can we be bothered to say yes to God? Can we be bothered to say, God, I want to be found in the middle of your will, no matter what that is? You see, my greatest comfort is that I'm known by God. This amazes me, astounds me time and time again. Like if, if you read your Bible, you, you, you have to read that God chose you. You have to. You have to read that he chose that you would be someone that gets to know him. Why? Why did he choose us? Why did he choose me? Why did he choose you? Why hasn't he chosen someone else? That's where we come to in the mix. And we get to expand his kingdom. But if we're here today, God chose to make himself known to you. And we get to know him. That's one of my greatest comforts. My greatest comfort is I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed. My greatest comfort is found when I'm found in the middle of his will for my life. And this is the struggle. We have God's will and we have the world's will. And how often do we get bothered by things of the world? I, I struggle with this. I go up and down with this all the time. I could leave my job tomorrow and, and get 10, 15, 20k more easily. I spend my whole week making all my managers look good. It's, I can't help it. I love to serve. I make all of them look incredible. And I'm going, why the heck are they doing those jobs? And I can choose to get annoyed about that. I could choose to worry about it. I could choose to be bothered by that. Or I could choose not to be bothered by that. And I can choose to be bothered with what bothers God. And go, well, I'm here to serve. That's enough moaning about Lisa. <laughs> and this is the danger. When we, when we preach those incredible verses, those prosperity verses, which are not wrong. They're not wrong at all. It is so true that God loves you, that he wants to bless you, that he has a perfect plan and purpose and will for your life. And I will preach that to anybody. But does he care about your comfort? I believe he does. Secondary to his will. His will is number one. His will is absolute. His will nailed his son to a cross. That's what God's will did. So does he care about our comfort? He does. And it's found at the centre of his will. That's where we get everything that we want, everything we need, everything we desire, beyond the mix-up of us that has these worldly views that says, that's what I want. God goes, no, you don't. This is what you want. This is what you want. God is he's just that good. That's the honest truth. He's just that good. He will not let you have what you think you want <laughs> above what your heart truly wants. 
He knows you. He put it there. Pray in this prayer. God, would you bless me today in this? It's not wrong. But what about this? It's a prayer you don't even need to pray if you pray, God, what can I do to bless you? What can I do today to bless you, God? We don't even need to pray, God, will you bless me? It's who he is. He can't help it. And this is where we come back to Psalm 37.4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, and all these things will be added to you. Incredible, incredible promises. You see, seek first the kingdom, take delight. Even the, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. All of these, they're one in the same thing, right? They all mean the same thing. Seek first, take delight, love the Lord your God. It's a different way of saying exactly the same thing. And so it's a matter of priorities. His will above mine. What bothers him above what bothers me. What God cares for above what I care for. God will fit into your agenda if you force him to. He will fit into your plan if you force him to. Because he loves you. And he will choose that above not being with you. To an extent. But if we fit into his will, that's when we get the desires of our hearts. So there's some prayers that we're going to pray. We're going to pray today that God would help us become more like Jesus in every way. This came up on on, uh, Soul Winners on on Thursday night. We we, we were speaking about Jesus and we said that, that when Jesus came to earth, he's fully man, fully God. He came only to do what the Father told him to do. And so then we get to us and we go, right, we want to be more like Jesus. But if Jesus came and the word says in, in Gospel of John that he only did and said what the Father told him to do and say. We go, amazing. That's literally all we got to do. All we got to do. Just do and say what the Father tells us to do and say. Job done. Easy peasy. <laughs> so some of these prayers. And I'll just, I'll just pray them over us. And you can respond however you want to respond. You can, you can amen them. You can raise a hand. You can just sit there quietly. But this is a prayer today. That our botheredness would expand beyond ourselves. God, who is in my world that I can share you with? Because I know you're bothered when people are separate from you. So God, help me to be bothered with what bothers you. May our botheredness expand. In the same way our church is going to expand, our church is going to see great things. God, do this in our lives by expanding 
what bothers us. Next prayer is that our faith would expand. God, would you help me to believe? Help me to be expectant. Help me to look forward to this next season of what you can do in our life. May I see serving you as the greatest privilege there is. And God, thank you that you choose to bless us. You promise to bless us in the middle of all of that. And I believe that these prayers will bring out God's will in our life, God's best in our life and God's desire for our life. I'm personally, my testimony is one of thankfulness that God's desires prevailed over mine. My desires were getting me nowhere. And God's desire saved me. And God, the last prayer is that we would become more like Christ in every way. That God, you'd bring us to a point where we're so thankful for you, so grateful for you, for every one of the promises that, that we read and we amened when they came up on the screen. But God, would you help us to become more like Christ in every way, which is to love, which is to serve, which is to go for the lost, for the broken, for the hurting. Would you reveal who those people are in our lives? And God, I, I just, just want to pray and say this and say thank you that, that by putting God first, that is not the same as choosing to put something else second. In our families, in our worlds, in our jobs, in our parenting, in our marriages, Putting God first allows him to move in every area of your life. Putting something above God stops that. Putting God first doesn't put something else second. It's a, it's a mystery we can't explain. And God, we know it doesn't save us from an earthly persecution. But our reward is always you. Always has been, always will be. Whether that's on earth, whether that's in heaven. And I believe there's a passage in the Bible that just explains all of this really beautifully. This, this, this great paradox between those verses that we read and, and, and then, let's, let's, I don't know, let's call them the good ones and the bad ones. I don't want to say the verse is bad. But the tension between those two types of verses, I believe like John 15 just, just sums it up beautifully. And it's about remaining in the Lord. I'm sure we'll all recognise this when I start reading it. But I believe like, like when it says, well let's just read it. It says, I am the vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. You know, that, that sounds like putting God's will above your own. 
He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, that sounds like the blessing that we read earlier. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. I mean, that just sounds like seek first the kingdom of God to me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will have much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remaining in Jesus is the only way to serve the Lord our God with everything we've got. Remaining in Jesus is the only way that we secure our lives. Remaining in Jesus is the only way that we get the desires of our heart. And so the last prayer is, is simply this today. If you don't know Jesus, who we've been sp- speaking about and singing about, or if you do and, 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 and you want to come back to him in a new way, then the, the last prayer is simply this, to know Jesus. And so as a church, as we just bow our heads and, and close our eyes to simply focus on Jesus and, 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 and cut out any distractions... Jesus, we choose to focus on you. Thank you that you loved us. Thank you that you love us enough that you came to this earth to be a sacrifice for everything we've done, everything we will do. And Jesus, we just thank you for how good you are, that you promise to bless us you, you, you choose to use us. You promise to bless us. And you are our reward. And so if, if anyone in the room wants to respond to Jesus today, I just encourage you to raise your hand on three. One, two, three. And Lord, we just say thank you for who you are. I pray for every person that raised their hand or made the decision in their heart that, Lord, you would encounter them in a real way. That, Jesus, you would give them the faith and the courage to choose to put you first. And as we, a group of individuals that make up your collective church, we just say, Lord, we want to become more like Christ every single day. Help us to love people more and more. Help us to serve people more and more. Help us to be your examples in the world. And help us to lead the lost to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Why don't you just show some appreciation to James for that word?